Hello, and welcome back to the No Score Review Show, where we have in-depth critique and nuanced discussion of some of the latest movies, television, and video games. I am your host, Nick Green. And today, we are jumping back into the MCU with their latest feature film releasing into theaters, The Marvels, starring uh, Brie Larson, Tayona Paris, and Iman Vellani, and Samuel L. Jackson as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah. joining me today, once again, is Zach Milne from Zach Milne Talks Movies on YouTube. Welcome back, Zach. What's up? Happy to be here, man. So glad, so stoked to talk some more Marvel with you, Nick. <laughs> I'm yeah. super happy. I'm glad to have you back on the show. It's been a minute, like we said uh, before we started the recording. Um, but I am very excited to talk about this one because because of how kind of divisive it it is. Oh yeah. Um, it's like it's getting a lot of like uh, divisive reviews. Lots of people are really liking it. Lots of people are hating it. Lots of people are hating it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, so uh, I'm excited to get into weekend. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first little bit of this review will be spoiler free. So worry not. We won't be going into any explicit plot details or like post credit scene stuff or anything like that. We'll just kind of start with our general thoughts and kind of our expectations going in. Uh, and I imagine we might kind of go on a rant of kind of how divisive this film is. Um, well, we but, haven't talked about it at all, so I have no idea how you're feeling exactly, about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, like I'm yep. super excited to kind We're of just, going like, in get blind. into it. Yeah. Um, but Zach, we'll start with you. What kind of were your expectations going into this one, and what were your kind of general thoughts coming out of it? Yeah, expectations going in. I mean. I, I keep up with all the behind the scenes stuff and everything going on in the trades and insiders talking about this and that. So I heard about how much uh, problems behind the scenes this was having. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to come out in July originally. I believe it was July originally. And then they pushed it to November. And a lot of the talk was like, oh, reshoots. They're trying to fix this. They're trying to fix that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that kind of stuff. Then that Variety article came out and was like, Nia DaCosta, the director, she left for the last two weeks of uh, shooting the film, <laughs> which is so odd. Oh, and uh, just kind of like this hit piece against her a little bit, which right. I, I believe she gave an interview and was like, yeah, because they like needed to do reshoots and do this. And I had other ob- obligations. I have contracts. Yeah. I have other projects that I need to do. schedules and stuff. So yeah. I feel like this movie was kind of... Uh, being targeted a little bit even before it was released the trailers came out they looked fun they looked enjoyable that's Mm -hmm. kind of all i was really expecting going into the movie was it was going to be fun it was going to be enjoyable i loved miss marvel i loved that series on disney plus i love kamala khan was really looking forward to seeing her on the big screen along with her family of course Mm -hmm. um and coming out of the movie well first of all i'll talk about the first reactions because People came out of the movie, specifically like some of the bigger guys that I watched, like uh, Christian Harloff, um, Dan Merle. If you guys, I'm sure if you guys have watched shows like this, you guys know who those people are. They were like pretty rough on, especially Dan Merle. I believe Dan Merle said stuff like he can't believe that this was even put out, that it was released. I was so blown away by his it reaction. It was Like it was intense. So, I'm, yeah. so I was watching these reviews. Usually I don't watch reviews before I do my own review, but I was very, very curious about the Marvels. So I would watch a review that would be like, this is an unfinished film. This is like terrible. I, this is Marvel's worst. Can't believe they put this out. Then I would go to the next film that was on the suggested feed and it'd be like, this was great. I had so much fun. I love the story. I love the character. <laughs> and it was like, these people have literally seen two different movies. I have no idea what to expect going in. Right. So then I went in and coming out of the movie, I liked it. Okay, It's a poor film. Especially like in Marvel, I think it's I think it's poor, okay. But it's fun. It's right. fun, um, which I know is like 
probably the most generic term that's been thrown out there about this movie. Right. It's fun. Don't go in expecting, I would say, like a roller coaster ride. It's not like I was laughing my 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 gut off, you know, the entire yeah, yeah. time. It has moments for sure. Right. Um, and overall, I would say that I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I'm very much of the same, and that also is kind of the uh, biggest defense to this movie. Is a lot of people are just like, "What did you expect? It's a Marvel movie. Like, just go in for a fun popcorn time." I had a fun time. Sure, yeah. the like villain was bad, and like the pacing was horrible, and it was edited to like garbage. Uh, but it was a fun time, and the like the cast was great and everything. And like, while I do understand that sentiment um i can completely understand like just how poor of a film it is and how much wrong with it there was um luckily speaking to kind of expectations uh i think aside from the push and release i would think i was pretty dark and like the trailers and stuff i was pretty much in the dark on any of the like behind the scenes details mm-hmm. um i typically nowadays with these types of films i'm not as unless it gets a huge boost in like media buzz and whatnot and it's just unavoidable um i usually am like steering pretty clear of the type of stuff just because i want to try and go in as blind as possible and i don't know what it was about this specific movie because aside from guardians the last few movies have been pretty like middling to bad overall for me um okay in the mcu at least uh and i was i've been pretty critical and like nervous of about the like trajectory of the mcu and especially with all the shows coming out as well and the kind of quality of those um yeah i uh i don't know what it was with this one but i just i went in just like not really expecting anything at all uh the like i think i watched the trailer a couple times like just from being at the theater and i was like it was a very mcu cookie cutter trailer like playing uh beastie boys did you see trailer, the right? final trailer did you see the final trailer that no released? and i specifically avoided that one because okay. of what I, I heard about it i will tell everybody out there that maybe hasn't seen the film yet but watch that final trailer it's bullcrap that yeah. whole final trailer dude bullcrap it's it's it completely reads as like one last final push to be like please go see the movie right here's the thing though here's the thing the first couple trailers i feel like my expectations for what this movie was going to be fit with that with those first couple trailers right i think i and then marvel had to go and drop this final trailer and then my expectations grew because it's like we got a new thanos voiceover like oh there'll always be someone to carry on my work what does that mean oh they're coming through ah crazy stuff oh what does that mean nothing <laughs> yeah because it, it's it, not it, there yeah it well and you see tony you see cap you yep. like you just like they skyrocket the expectations oh crap like, that's just bull. like yeah it it does nothing but hinder the film it like it harms like any sort of last bit of audience enthusiasm you're trying to like inject mm-hmm. into this movie and it's like what was that all about and that's I mean, yeah, we could go on a whole rant about like movie trailers and like teasers and the marketing behind. That's all one of, of the worst movies. ones I've seen. That's that's one of the most deceitful ones I've ever no seen. Kidding. I'm just yeah. gonna say it right here. I'm I'm glad I didn't like see it at all and uh just kind of avoid it 
voided it because that would have been, yeah, probably would have been, would have agreed with you. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know what it was, man. I went in expecting pretty much nothing other than what I saw from the trailer. And I came out like, I don't know why the like, cause these are pretty objective problems. I would say of like the script and the editing of the film and pacing the mm-hmm. villain is just as like among the worst of the MCU. Uh, there was villains. a there was a villain. <laughs> exactly right. What like, I don't remember any villain. <laughs> yeah, she's um, forgettable. She's so yeah, forgettable. so forgettable. It's a Ronin clone, basically. But Ronin um, was better. I liked Ronin. That's like one of my like hot takes of the MCU. Is I like the oh, Ronin okay. quite Interesting. a bit. Interesting. Um. But yeah, like none of that really bothered me or like was anything I really picked up on during the film. Like I was pretty, maybe it was because the other thing too is this is the shortest MCU film like yep. in history oh, you feel now. It. It's breezy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was actually something that kind of maybe amped up my enthusiasm. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. An hour and 45 minutes. I'm there, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> After and... Killers of the Flower Moon, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah it, nothing really bothered me that much like there were those uh pretty standard like mcu problems with many of their films anyways um but like i think what sold me was just the the fun tone the mm-hmm. trio uh of cast members had a great chemistry and i think they carried the film iman Vellani in particular like everyone's saying um and there's just like i think they really take advantage because that's something they advertise in the trailers a lot is the swapping places like concept right i think that was handled pretty well uh throughout the the most part i would agree with you yep yeah um and there's just some pretty cool creative stuff and maybe it is because the bar has been kind of brought down a few pegs with the last few projects um, like guardians aside, but I don't know. I came away uh, like really liking it. It was a pleasant surprise. It yeah. like I've kind of the headline label I, I would use is it's like probably my second favorite MCU film behind guardians since no way nice. home. I would say, well, wow. Since no way home, I'm looking at my yeah, collection like, right now. That's, that's actually a big statement right there. <laughs> yeah, like all of last year's films, Thor, Doctor Strange, even Black Panther, like kind of looking back on my review on Black Panther, like I would say I had a more enjoyable time with this one. Black Panther does kind of get that caveat of like the whole context behind that film and already kind of having an uphill battle. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, I enjoyed it. Well, when I came out of the theater, one of the things I said was, this movie, the the best analogy that I can use to describe how this movie felt to me, and I and I'm not saying this like I know there was a script, I know that people actually wrote stuff down, yeah, but it felt right. like they wrote bullet points and then right. just decided to go shoot it. Yeah. Like, okay, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. This is the connection to this person. Okay, let's go shoot that. Like that's yeah. kind of how it felt. But like, right? Are we gonna flesh it out? Nope. No. And we don't have time. <laughs> yeah. With the Marvels themselves, like uh, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel. Professor, Professor Marvel. Marvel? They, they didn't really. They never really landed on it. No, um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. We all call her Photon, but apparently it's right. Professor Marvel. Yeah, um, yeah. I will go as far to say that they are the band aid of this movie. 
yeah, they are agree. the thing that makes this movie look like it's okay. But it, if you yeah. take that Band-Aid off, whew, it's got quite the wound. They're big star. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I would agree. Um, yeah, I. It's it's a weird kind of topic to discuss of like your expectations going into the film. And it's not mm-hmm. even a sort of statement you can kind of sweep everything away of like, just go in expecting like a, a nothing hollow cookie cutter popcorn film. That's fun. Um, or like you get what you put into it. So if you're going in expecting a good story, then you might not, but like, or like you're just no expectations at all in terms of any sort of details. You're just hoping for a good movie. That's what I hoped for, but that's also what like Dan Merle hoped for. And we both came out with wildly different, like it's crazy use of thoughts right like um just as like an aside for like dan merle he's the like one reviewer i like one big reviewer i tend to regularly watch and like yeah. he's pretty not like conservative but like he's usually very nuanced with mm-hmm. his marvel takes i find anyway like there's a lot of problems with the movies that he finds and the shows and everything that I tend to agree with. But then there's also some like flip side too, like some positives, but the Marvels, he was very negative and maybe it was just yeah. like the straw that broke the camel's back or something, but very, very interesting. So it was surprising, so surprising. but like, I, I love Dan Merle. I don't want to throw any shade at Dan. No, Merle. no, 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 like, no. He's no very great at, at what he does. Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree with a couple, like a, a large part of what he says with the film. It's just, I for some reason the viewing i had all of that kind of washed over me and i just came away being like that was a fun time yeah so i don't know um but yeah i guess that's probably a good spot to leave our spoiler free review well quickly Um, i I do want to i do want to get your thoughts on this sure yeah have you watched miss marvel have you watched wandavision did you watch those shows yes i have yes um do you think this works for people who haven't that's another thing too is like it's kind of hard to even kind of conceptualize when you have those preconceived notions Mm -hmm. and like all of that kind of backstory right you kind of go in and you're probably a lot more forgiving of some of the story beats and exposition that comes up in this film is because you're like oh yeah i'm familiar with all this stuff um probably not i would say like and even though it the film does seem to do a lot of exposition dumping, particularly in regards in to like Monica and uh, Kamala's backstory and everything, um, among other things, I still don't think it works. Ultimately, um, it it's like it's not re- they're not required viewing necessarily, but like I don't know. I think you'll still be lost in this one without that stuff. Yeah. And I think it is a detriment to have such integral backstory be kind of relegated to shows. Um, one of which not even being their own show necessarily. Yeah. Um, and well, the other thing too, I find with like the show movie connection stuff is like, even if you have watched the shows, I can't I can only imagine there's like a very like microscopic like subsection of the fan base that has actually watched that stuff regularly or recently rather. Yeah. Cuz like 
I haven't rewatched WandaVision since it came out. I haven't watched right. Miss Marvel since it came out. So it's like there's also going to be stuff left behind for even the people that like have watched those shows. You know, it's a very weird uh, kind of point. What kind of yeah. are your thoughts regarding that whole well, thing? So I did see this with my brother. He'd seen okay. WandaVision. He hadn't seen Miss Marvel. I asked him about it. And he said he seemed to have followed it fine. So that's okay. one example of someone who who um, has seen half of, of the shows that this is. There might be a third one in there, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but oh, yeah. half of the shows that are involved in this movie. Um, from my perspective, I can't imagine watching this movie without having seen Miss Marvel and WandaVision and like completely being okay with everything like just one example that like if you have not watched miss marvel i can't imagine how you take this information but mm-hmm. kamala has the bangled and there's a scene where they're where they're talking all together and she says well the bangle did transport me through time and space once and i was like <laughs> well i know what that is from the show totally that's a pretty big statement <laughs> people, yeah people are just hang on hang on we can't just breeze past that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Go watch Disney uh, Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something where you need like one of the Disney Plus like previously on. You need like a yeah. recap before. You just right? need like a card to come up at the bottom of the screen. Kamala Khan transported back in time in this episode of, yeah. of Miss Marvel. Like they used to do in the comics, you know. Like totally, if you want to yeah, see yeah. this story, watch uh, issue blah 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 blah. Like just do yeah. that in the movies from now For on. Sure. <laughs> and like part of me wants to be like they should just start doing sort of little recaps in like the pre-shows or something for the movie or like for the like theaters and everything. Right. But like that also isn't a good idea because like you shouldn't have to like go to this supplementary stuff to understand the movie you're about to watch. Right. Like it should just be able to stand on its own. Um, Which also kind of brings up a weird like feeling I had with this film is like, I think that might also weirdly have been why I enjoyed it is it felt in terms of kind of like the, the ending of this film and like the post-credit stuff is playing more into larger part of this saga and this like uh phase of the MCU, but like as a film on its own, some of it works as kind of a standalone adventure. Mm-hmm. It feels at least more so than some other films have felt uh, in recent years. Um, But again, that's probably also heavily biased towards someone who has seen all of the material, supplementary material and everything. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. But yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, And well, even like with something we will get into probably soon with spoilers and stuff. Another thing happens later in the film with uh, Miss Marvel again, Kamala Khan, that you would be like, hang on, why can she do that now when there was no pre-established thing, right? And even mm-hmm. myself, I was a little confused as to, like, I couldn't remember if that was touched on in the show or if that was just a brand new thing that came up. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some moments in that film uh, that would leave people behind, I think. Um, speaking of leaving people behind, we might have to leave some of you behind now because we are going to get into spoilers. Nice transition. (laughs) If you haven't seen the film and don't want anything spoiled, uh, then pause this review and come on back once uh, you've seen the film. If you don't care, then stick around because it's going to be all spoiler talk from here on out. So 
Um, I don't know. Highlights, lowlights. Do you want to start positive, negative? What you liked about the film? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So it's funny. I did my review yesterday, mm-hmm. and I kind of just like came back from the theater, and I was just like, I'm just gonna talk. Like I'm just gonna ramble. Yeah. Uh, the review like came out to like thirty minutes. I got it edited down to eight, so I talked a lot. Wow. Um, and I watched it back, and I was like, I do think I'm coming across maybe a little bit more negative on this than I right. meant to, but they're yeah, still yeah. My, my authentic thoughts. So Sure. Um, there are positives of this movie. I mm-hmm. did, like I said, I, I did like this movie. I, I really don't see this movie as being something that you really get that angry about. So I'm actually really surprised that this seems to be the MCU movie that has done that. Um, yeah. Because we kind of talked upon before, like the Marvels, they're great. All their chemistry, especially their uh, power swapping is a lot of fun in the beginning. Love it's really that. fun to, uh, it's visually really interesting. Totally. And it's fun to, it's a fun mechanism to get them all together. I, I, I think it might've been a little bit, clumsy because we'll talk about this i'm sure it felt a little inconsistent to me the way that they would use it right but uh, it was fun and another highlight but also could be a low light i'm not entirely sure it depends on how much you care if secret invasion is canon or not (laughs) i really enjoyed samuel jackson nick fury in this movie he's just playing it a little bit different (laughs) to be generous that he wasn't (laughs) dude it's a complete 180 it's it's like if it makes secret invasion feel like it takes place like at least 10 years in the future from where he is in the marvel or in the past or something because or in the yeah past, imagine maybe. the tonal dip uh whiplash you get if you had like just watched secret invasion yeah. and then go to see this movie it's like we're just making jokes now i guess all right um but i i do give it a little bit of leeway because with COVID and all that stuff, everything got shuffled around. And I'm pretty sure that the Marvels was supposed to come before Secret Invasion. And yeah. if that's the case, when you see the last time we saw Nick Fury before the Marvels in that case is the end of Far From Home when he's pretending to be on the beach and he's like, where are my shoes? Like, yeah, that feels consistent with this Nick Fury. So if you go mm-hmm. from that to the Marvels, like they might have planned to have done then it's not as big of a deal. But because you have Secret Invasion in the middle where he's like grizzled and life is beating him down and he mm-hmm. leaves in kind of a uh, somber place, yeah. to see him cracking <laughs> jokes and yelling black girl magic and stuff is yeah, a little yeah. bit jarring. <laughs> a little <laughs> While bit, While also yeah. being fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I completely agree. That's it's There's a little bit of positive and negative there for sure. Um, and like, yeah, man, it really does suck that this is the reality that we're in with covid just absolutely screwing over everything obviously but like in this particular uh conversation the mcu's kind of overall plan um yeah and well and like they might even be able to kind of give themselves an out if there is somewhere down the line of like an official chronological order in which you watch all of this like post end game stuff um because like Mm. things like eternals still is pretty kind of secluded in its own kind of time pocket it's not it still hasn't been established as to where that necessarily they might never takes touch place. it again they exactly. might never touch that movie again exactly I don't know. so yeah maybe some hindsight will give it kind of the benefit of the doubt in maybe it can be kind of placed uh wherever they need it to be um but yeah completely agree for sure 
Um, yeah, I I'll touch on the uh, swapping places stuff real quick. I I really like it's probably some of the more creative action sequences mm-hmm. we've gotten uh, with some of the recent entries. I just loved that whole concept. The first fight, while it it did have a couple moments of feeling a little too jarring, um, I really I still overall really liked the whole sequence of following each of them kind of uh in and out of different environments wherever carol was or monica was or kamala was having fights taking place in her like the Khan family home was fantastic that was probably my Um, favorite part of the movie yeah Yeah. and having the the family actually take part in the fight and like beat up the kree soldiers and everything that was really (laughs) funny um I think, like, speaking of which, some of the, like, most of the comedy in this actually worked for me. It didn't feel as, like, quippy, I don't think. We did get some, like, black girl magic and, like, uh, speaking of uh, Nick Fury, like, the, um, oh, it's just Carol when she falls to the ground. That was my laugh out loud moment. The editing, the timing of that and the delivery (laughs) made that the biggest laugh out loud moment I ever had in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then like most of Kamala's stuff, I think worked. Uh, there was a couple moments here and there that was like, eh, okay, it didn't quite land for me. Like some of like the iPad stuff, or uh, mm. there was yeah. like, uh, oh, Captain, my Captain didn't quite land for me either. Um, there was a couple things, but most most of it uh, worked. I think definitely Kamala was the comedic center point, uh, especially of the trio. Yeah. I think Monica and Carol got most of the emotional baggage uh of the trio and i think that was handled say that yeah yeah um it's like it's handled pretty sloppily and lazily with like the flashback uh sequences which was like a cool concept i think it just the execution felt like very rushed like a lot Mm -hmm. of the movie does um but i still did appreciate like i the other thing too, like with this film in particular, I like it way more than I did Captain Marvel, the first movie. Um, and per- in particular, uh, like just Brie Larson's performance, it feels like Brie had way more to work with in this film in terms of emotional I range. I think giving her the Marvels to play off of really benefited her character. Yeah. Because it, it, it'll, because I said this in my review too, like when you watch the first Captain Marvel, you're looking at a character who lost her memory she doesn't know who she is she was fighting she was brainwashed for the wrong side she's fighting for Mm -hmm. the wrong side so it's hard for audiences or i'll speak specifically for myself to attach to a character who doesn't know who she is and Mm -hmm. was brainwashed so how the heck am i supposed to know who she is and get into her character whereas in in the marvels and they touch upon it but it really goes nowhere that her memory is still gone she's still trying to like find her memory she like yeah. briefly says that in the spaceship and then it's never mentioned again yeah. um but it allows for her personality and more of her true self to come out because mm-hmm. kamala and monica kind of pull it out of her yeah. so i i can see what you're saying about that there i did like her more here and i liked her in the first film still but i liked her way more in this film i think for me it is just the most uh dynamic performance we've gotten out of her and Mm -hmm. like that could be said something in and of itself of like this far in we're getting that um it feels like she's kind of like both brie larson and carol have been kind of shortchanged ever since introducing her because like i wasn't crazy about her solo film 
And then beyond that, she's basically just shown up to destroy stuff and then bounce, basically. <laughs> yeah, she's never so really true. had much else to do. She'll um, crash into a then, spaceship or two and then she's gone. Exactly. Yeah. Like it even in her second film, it's still an ensemble film. But I mean, for me personally, like some of it still works, like you said, bouncing off of the other two. Um yeah, I just I also uh, agree that like with some other reviews of like seeing how just how chopped up this movie is seeing how there probably mm-hmm. was a version of a Captain Marvel 2 and it went way more in depth with the whole like memory recovery and her destroying this the what was it the central intelligence or like whatever an of, AI thing that ran yeah plan- I don't remember dude <laughs> it I rem- something like that it destroyed their son I think yeah they needed a son well it was like the she destroyed the intelligence which then caused the Kree skulls or the Kree like civil war which destroyed their planet I don't know can I just say this the Kree skull debacle war is like my least favorite thing in the mcu i don't get it i was introduced in guardians i kind of followed it a little bit with ronan but they they carried it on in this film and i'm just like what are they negotiating what's 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 happening right now like it's it's, too big of a thing for how they have handled it to have handled it well i think it would have to be like the focus you know for it to actually be done well and for any sort of nuance to go into like in this film as well, the Kree skull scroll. And this is probably some of the more or like some of the most we've seen of it between actual Kree and scrolls um, still feels pretty like disposable. Honestly, the honestly, the only thing I actually really got out of that uh, was between uh, Kamala and Carol. I really liked that moment where she was like, Kamala was trying to save people and Carol kind of like, tells her to stop and save who you can. And that was like a really cool moment where she like kind of is starting to Mm -hmm. learn what it means to be a true hero and everything. Right. Um, I do kind of wish this is like kind of one of the low lights I had. I wish there was more of a dynamic between Carol and Kamala in that sense of like exploring the kind of the fangirl like idol dynamic and um, just kind of meeting your heroes and being trained by one of your like uh, men or uh, not mentors, but like um, just like your idols and everything. I think that could have been a really cool dynamic and also introduced a little bit more emotional weight into the film, especially seeing like getting into Carol's kind of character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the scroll stuff was pretty, pretty uh unremarkable i would say yeah i Uh, I mean do you even remember that like most of them died on that planet because like this like i i was watching the movie and it ended and i was like oh yeah those scrolls died like it totally just like washed over me for the rest of the like because it's this moment where kamal is like we can't just leave them behind as the planets mm -hmm. get i think uh the the evil woman is sucking all the air out and uh so so the movie, this is how like rushed the movie is. It opens with her on some moon, crushing mm-hmm. some rock for some reason. It happens to have the bangle in it that she needs. She's got yeah. like what looks like Ronan's staff. Right. And then the next time we see her, she's negotiating with the scrolls and she's like, Okay, well, 
you sent the annihilator to us, which we don't know what that means at this point. What, the, yeah. what that she's the annihilator, uh, which is Captain Marvel. And so she's like, you've betrayed us. We're going to take your air. And then she uses this, this staff to like op- open this like portal portal yeah. in the sky to take all the air to her. And I'm just like, how does that, where did she get that? <laughs> yeah. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's again, yeah, that just I think speaks to the rushed nature and chopped up like version of this film that we have. Uh it's just very kind of all over the place. Um Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's um Well, I'm convinced like the- I'm convinced that the second act of this movie is missing because there's the point where well, first I'll ask you, what did you think of that singing planet scene? Because there's there's two really like out of this world wacky scenes. It's the Flurkins and it's the singing planet scene, which based on some reviews is either where you're going to be all in or all out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I I didn't mind the singing planet honestly. I thought it was. Kind I liked of fun. it. I liked yeah, it. It was I a thought fun, it was kind of creative fun. thing. Like it was so different from what we've ever seen before. I think it could have been explored way more. Like I think it was way. I'm too, glad like, it didn't. I'm glad it didn't go on for too long. I feel like I like. I think it could have used maybe like one more scene, really like leaning into the whole their languages singing basically. Like, yeah. but any more than that, like I definitely don't think it could have been like half the movie or even a movie in and of itself. But yeah. But um, anyways, after the singing planet, um, when they have the fight yeah. and then they escape their ship, like the marvels their ship like crashes onto this like desert almost like tatooine looking planet right and then they all get out and they start an argument and then they quickly resolve that argument and then we cut back to fury and all of a sudden they're at saber in the in the spaceship with uh fury and and the right. family and i'm like they're Hang they on. crash landed on this desert you made it look like the ship wasn't usable anymore and that right, they were going to be yeah. stranded like i feel like that was the point originally where the band disbanded you know how always in those in those yeah. movies they yeah. always have that well, i'm not like you and this mm-hmm. and i'm not your friend and they go their separate ways and then they have to come back together i feel like on that planet there was something that happened there yep. where they eventually went their separate ways and then the reshoot was the quick resolve of like i'm sorry and yeah I, they and, forgot <laughs> yeah and then they yeah. just like moved on <laughs> well there's other stuff too that's like i'm fairly certain i remember this correctly I'm pretty sure they just explain away in dialogue the fact that their swapping thing is just fixed now, right? Like, am I? I didn't. I, I. She. I did not get it. I. The swapping thing. This is kind of where I said that it kind of becomes inconsistent, is right. because at the beginning they they show that because the villain has the bracelet or the bangle and the yeah. staff, it's like gone to Miss Marvel's bangle and it's like entered twine their powers yeah somehow um because i guess they're all light related so the the switching happens like like frequently at the beginning yeah and then the, it kind of like will come and go and then they have this like training montage where it's like oh it shows that they're trying to master it and yeah. then by the end of the montage it looks like they had mastered it mm-hmm. and then in their next fight they're actually they immediately again screw it up. they're switching <laughs> And then there's this like long period where Captain Marvel is just like flying and taking out all these ships and there's no switching going on. Yeah. And it was just very much like so like you got you controlled it or you haven't. Like what's yeah. going on here? And then well, yeah, and the villain like, gets the other bangle and it stops. And like this just made me think of this. Like, 
why doesn't the villain like swap around with them either? Because the the two bangles are like tied together supposedly, right? Like, shouldn't she That's theoretically be swapping places with them if they're all light based and everything? Very like quickly explained away that whole thing. Yeah, um, was the villain light based? I don't I don't remember enough of. Her well, but like the know. the bangle was right because like right, you, it's the same as Kamala's. I don't know. Well, it's... Kamala in the show again, again in the show. <laughs> <laughs> they explain that Kamala's powers were always within her. The bangle just brought them out. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, true. Go find true that true power was friendship all along <laughs> is the type of thing that's happening here. <laughs> that plot hole is fixed in that yeah. episode of Miss Marvel. Um, yeah, that it's, it's very inconsistent. I did like the, like the premise of that montage of like, okay, there's, it's a very, very loose, like scrappy version of this type of through line of like, okay, they have a problem. They like, we get a training montage and they've mastered it and now they've got a handle on it. Right. Yeah. Like if we, especially if we didn't get that one scene on top of that, like one ship where they kind of stumble a little bit. Um, if we just jump straight to that uh, final fight where they're like, that was a really cool fight scene. I thought it was very well, like choreographed and everything very creative yeah. of using all of their powers together and everything. All the fight scenes were great. I thought all the fight scenes were yeah, great. They were a I lot of fun. So. They were dynamic. They had a lot of energy to them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, although I do have one kind of maybe, maybe small gripe, big gripe. Why in every time they fight uh, Darben, I think her name is um, like, she always blocks with her one arm literally aim anywhere else like <laughs> yes. that that should not be a problem i don't know maybe that's just me um yeah i can see uh, that yeah yeah um where how did we even get here we were talking about the scrolls at one point uh oh yeah the chin scrolls yeah the that whole part is brushed under the rug very swiftly as well of the whole like yeah valkyrie just shows up for like two minutes and yeah it's like it goes dark really quickly but then it's like okay back to fun space adventure type thing yeah yeah you Um, forget about it pretty quickly (laughs) yeah the more and more you just kind of analyze this film and like like art and films are made to be like analyzed and critiqued and everything right like I I know some people are just going to kind of shrug it off and be like, what did you expect? Like, it's just a Marvel film. Just turn your brain off. Like I, I appreciate the sentiment behind that of like, just enjoying it for what it is and going in and having a fun time. But I also don't think you can necessarily use that as a like excuse all. Like, I think you can still, they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can have gone in and had a fun time, but then also be like, wow woof what a film that was not good well that's the thing right is that if you want to go do that go do that like no one's stopping you have a great time i hope you love it yeah but if you're here on youtube this is just what you do (laughs) like (laughs) like this we can't we can't watch movies that way so that's why we're here (laughs) yeah well and then there's like the extremes as well right like there's people like dan said it in particular really well of like i think there's a certain subsect of people and reviewers and like specifics that would have like bashed this film regardless. So because that's yeah. just kind of the brand of what their review channel is or whatever, we don't have to go too much into that, but just like, I, yeah, I think you can still like analyze the film and, and recognize that not all of this is good yeah. um, and still have had a fun time. And also 
like bring that in going forward uh with their other projects and be like okay like i had fun with this one but like guys you you gotta fix up your your writing and your like pacing and everything right yeah like it's I mean, not like it's it's all it's all subjective too and it all comes to your perspective like i had someone because i complained about um you know captain marvel and the villain in this there's there mm-hmm. they allude to a history that caused a rivalry mm-hmm. but i i never felt their rivalry i kind of just felt like it was one-sided i felt like captain marvel didn't give a crap about this villain and this villain was just like trying to get her attention most of the well, movie yeah i actually thought the point in the end where they like carol kind of apologizes to her and everything i thought that would have been a great I don't know how you write it to get the whole uh, space tear type thing happening, but like I was really excited to see her have like a heel turn and then they all like work together to fix like her planet or whatever. Right. Like I thought that would have been a nice kind of subversion a little bit. I felt like the, the fake out was a little cheap. Um, but it's more it, fun to have her blow up and uh, open the multiverse, right? Yeah. Well, and then you also bring in a bunch of other like plot holes of like, yeah. why does she like incinerate with both bangles? Is it because Kamala had that power in her all along? Uh, right, or yeah. like they each wear one, I guess. And you do the kind of Guardians volume one thing where they're holding hands and <laughs> doing all, all of the. Hands. Yeah. They recycled um, Ronan. Why not recycle that? I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, we're 42 minutes in and we actually haven't talked about the ending and the mid credit scene. So I think, oh, yeah, that's true. We should uh, we should talk about that because I think that's probably some of the some of the highlights of this film that this film offers, I would say. Um, like in what, what were your ways. thoughts on those? They're pr- like they're pretty light, like it's not super insane levels of like. I mean, stuff there to work with. But. As far as the ending goes, with like they blow up the villain, she opens up the multiverse, and is, was there a reason why Monica had to go close it from the other side? Why couldn't she have closed it within from their reality? Their side? I was yeah. kind of confused by that. She's like, "I gotta close it. I can't go back." I was like, "Why can't you just do it from the other side? Why do you have to get trapped in there?" Like that kind of was lost on me. And then it's like this yeah. sacrifice of Monica, and I couldn't care less. I'm sorry. It w- it was so. It just didn't feel it. It wasn't built up. And then Carol's all sad. And then she's moving into the old house of, of Monica and her mom. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you have so many boxes? You lived in a spaceship. I don't know where you're getting all this stuff <laughs> yeah. from. As you're moving or into are the house. cons moving in there, too? Because their house got trashed. They, in Jersey? Yeah, I was. Like, oh, maybe that's what they maybe I misinterpreted that. Maybe the cons are moving in there. Maybe, I don't know. I can't but remember. like, I don't know. Even the logistics of that, of like, you're going all the way. Where where were they in Pennsylvania? That's Wait, no, because coast? because she had the uh, she had the dish from the prince of the singing planet, and and Kamala's mom was commenting on the the good quality of it. So it was right. it was Captain Marvel stuff. So she's moving into the house, and um, yeah, she's like now best friends with Kamala Khan, and they're like, we'll see Monica again one day, and it just felt like this really like abrupt kind of like um emotional impactful ending that just did not impact me so and then they talk about um kamala talks about like basically getting a team together and then out of nowhere uh kate bishop from hawkeye hope you've been watching that show uh (laughs) kate bishop comes home and uh it was cute that uh kamala khan was sitting there and recited the exact same 
dialogue that Nick Fury recited at the end of Iron Man to Tony. It was it was cute to get the young Avengers started. Yeah, it's it's such a like cute thing and like very nice, like fan servicey type thing that also does help set up in some capacity for the future. Right. Young Avengers and everything. But like the second you start analyzing it of like, if you haven't seen the Hawkeye show, you're like, who is, who is this character? Yeah, who's this person? Um, and then just the meta nature of that whole scene of like, hang on, how how would Kamala have been able to like set that up? Because like, that's just like a out of universe type thing, right? Like such yeah. a like fourth wall break. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it did appreciate it. That's like for like the diehard fans of like, oh yeah, that's a nice nod. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's another thing too, that, uh, I, we didn't really talk about is like, there's really no character arcs in this movie. They're, they're just kind of character through lines. Cause you start off with Monica and Captain Marvel. They have Monica's mad at Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and then, not, and it's not really explained how she's not anymore. And then you have Kamala's mom who is freaking out. She doesn't want her her daughter to be a superhero she doesn't want her to go with these other powerful beings into space and mm-hmm. the whole time she's like resistant to it and then the next time she sees her daughter she's just like you were born to do it's this okay. you were to do this and it's like how did you how did you get there mom yeah. uh, you just started here and you ended here but we didn't get to see how mm-hmm. and uh so it's like now kamala's recruiting other super beings and her family's totally cool with it so yeah, i guess <laughs> There you yeah. go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I there yeah, I don't know. There's there's a couple moments. Yeah, it it just doesn't have it's very slapstick together and like there's just there's too many ideas on the plate, I think, for any of them to work fully to their like maximum potential. Um you would need like a much more in-depth through line for the whole monica carol thing right like that's just kind of explained away you would need way more involvement from kamala and her mom um which at that point you would think would be more in line with like a season two of the show um i don't know it like and especially like while i did appreciate the short runtime it's also kind of one of its biggest biggest faults is because there's just too much at a breakneck speed going on and there's not enough time to kind of go in depth with anything or resolve anything in sort of any big meaningful way i don't think yeah i mean Um, they could have they could have cut the little side story going on with nick fury and the what are these eggs being planted around dude and that was so quick too (laughs) right so out of nowhere out of nowhere yeah um deus ex flirking (laughs) <laughs> to the rescue okay can we talk about that scene the ship? for a little bit though um what did you think of it i need to know because I, mean, I my my group of, of people i saw this with it was very split <laughs> as yo, to really? whether or not you like this scene or not it was kind of a like head shaky thing of like oh my god we're we're doing this aren't we um it it felt felt very like at the last minute like we need to save all these people in a really like bonkers way um yeah yeah and i'm also not a big cat person so i was pretty immune to the cuteness of the whole situation (laughs) um yeah i mean like for me i thought it was really fun um yeah i thought i thought it was kind of smart but also flawed of like 
okay, so the so we can't get all these people off of the ship. Luckily, the flurkin just happened to lay all these eggs, and now we've got all these other flurkins. So let's get these newborn flurkins to eat the crew and just put the flurkins on the ship and get them out. And I was like, if someone was in the writing room, like, how are we going to get these people out if we can't use escape pods? That's kind of an outside of the box, interesting way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, when has it been guaranteed that a flurkin's going to barf someone up, though? Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, when it got to Marvel. When was introduced that they had a pocket dimension? Am I That's, missing that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. But it's like in Captain Marvel, Flurkins ate people. We never saw them come back. So, I, I mean, we saw that once in this movie. So I guess that's what they're basing it off of. But what's the guarantee that that's going to happen when they get yeah. down to Earth? The second thing, and this didn't work for one of the people that I saw this with. She said this is the thing that really made it fall into it feels like a parody mode is they're playing mm. memories from cats over the entire scene <laughs> of all these cats. Oh, is that around. what that song's from? They're playing memories oh. from Cats the Musical. <laughs> oh, my God. What what a choice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow, that brings a whole level of dimension that I had not had privy. Um, I kind of enjoyed the wackiness of it, though. <laughs> it was yeah, so wacky. Like, as a creative concept, I very much appreciated it. It was really cool. I do love just the absurdity of the fact that they all land in new york still though like is there some sort of gravitational pull (laughs) like just once can they can they land in like wisconsin or something yeah it's just somewhere that they're not supposed to be it's ridiculous um all right uh to kind of start wrapping things up i would say the mid-credits scene right what did that do for you the mid-credits scene was interesting um because I I I was shocked. I was shocked. I mm-hmm. will admit it. Uh, did you get spoiled? I did online? not. Thank the oh, stars. I know, right? I know, right? So I'm sitting there. I'm eating my Mike and Ikes. My brother and my um, cousin who I saw this with did get spoiled. So they're just waiting oh, for me to react man. to this thing. Um, they're waiting. They're just looking at me. They're like, oh my goodness, here <laughs> it comes. And I have no idea what's about to come. So Monica's sitting on a hospital bed and her yeah. mom is there. And I was like, okay, she's in the other universe the other mm-hmm. the multiverse opened up she got trapped on the other side so she's in a multiverse now where her mom lives so i mean my mike and ike's i'm just you know just okay she's in another universe and then this blue hand behind her kind of kind of trails behind and i'm like hmm okay that's interesting and then freaking beast from x-men is there taking her vitals and i Kelsey like grammar's to, beast to be specifically yes, yes the original one and i yeah. dropped my mike and ike's i was like <laughs> uh that's beast what's wow. Beast doing here and then you know you get that shot of of monica's mom is actually a, a variant or of and she's an x-men character and you yeah. got the x door in the background and they mentioned charles he says mm-hmm. charles will be down or whatever and i was like charles i know who charles is <laughs> and and the x door was there and and i and i had a moment of like holy crap they did that yeah and then i kind of like sat back and then i was just kind of like Oh man, in this movie though, like because it's, it's been something, it's been something that like we've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for. And where are the X Men? Where are the X Men? And then it then it happens, and it after it like settled, it kind of felt lackluster to me, to be honest, and underwhelming because okay. I was just kind of like, oh, they did it in this post credit scene of a movie that I think is kind of sloppy and poor, and it doesn't right. really connect very well to this. And then I also looked around in the audience and I was kind of sad because I went, I went to a 1.20 p.m. showing on Saturday. So it's not okay. like it was opening night. Yeah, yeah. It was probably like 
maybe 60% full when I got there. When the credits started, it probably went down to like 40 or 30%. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of felt like it should have been this moment, you know, with the, with the fandom of like, we've been totally. waiting for this collectively. Yep. And my, my, it just, it didn't have that energy to it for mm-hmm. me personally. Right. So as far as like, and we had seen like Charles Xavier and, and Dr. Strange and Multiverse of Madness. So it's not like we haven't seen X-Men characters, but yep. this was like the first big and now like big time where it's like X-Men is here. Mm-hmm. And it it I wish it had been in a more uh just you know uh a more grandiose what's what I'm looking for way. grandiose movie I guess yeah right yeah it what feels like something that maybe one, would get this tacked onto like Quantum Mania or something or like Multiverse of Madness right yeah something like that because this movie's kind of disposable it is to me yeah it's well uh, it, like kind of how I said earlier it feels like one of the more like uh contained movies right like yeah that's i mean that's how i feel anyway um yeah it brings up a lot of questions and not that that's a bad thing um it's just like it also is a very interesting way because like you mentioned multiverse of madness like is this that like the illuminati universe is like and is it like pre Doctor Strange events where Charles gets like like or it can't be that universe because that Monica Rambeau was cap or not Monica Rambeau so Monica Mar- Rambeau's Maria. mom was right. was Captain Marvel That's in true. that universe and she dies that is true which and would this also is another variant costume who yes. uh, which by the way good for Monica's mom I mean it's it sucks for the one that got the cancer in well, our main MCU universe right. but yeah. uh, she's got some cool variants flying around out totally there. yeah. Yeah, that okay, that does clear that up. Um but then like the bigger thing, I think it's very interesting that they seem to be kind of introducing the X-Men by way of like multiverse slash mm-hmm. original X-Men. Like I thought the like first answer, like the most logical answer would have been to just do clean slate from the start. Um, but that doesn't necessarily seem to be what they're doing. I think they're going to be leaning much more on the pre-established characters and everything, whether they get like everyone back uh, for like secret wars or whatever, or what have you. Yeah. Um, or maybe it'll be explored in like Deadpool three or something. That's kind of where my mind went. I wonder if Monica Rambeau is going to appear in Deadpool three. Could. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a very interesting choice because like most of the uh, like multiversal cameo type stuff with like Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home and everything is they didn't feel as uh, integral to the kind of overall story, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is one post credit scene, but like the way they're going, it could, it does kind of give that vibe of like setup for like contribution towards that main storyline right um that's the kind of read i got anyway um whether that'll actually pay off is a a whole other thing but yeah it's just a very interesting way to like start things because like i don't know in my layman's mind i would be like well yeah just do a clean slate and then you do a couple like uh legacy cameos throughout uh other movies right um yeah I didn't think 
it would be as integral integral as they might be setting it up to be. So it'd be very interesting to see how that plays going forward. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool cool cameo, cool uh, credit scene. But yeah, I I do agree with you, Zach. Like uh, maybe not the film to tag it on. Although I mean, within the context of everything, like if I mean, I guess you could maybe swap a a character out in place of Monica and not have her be the one that's stuck there. Um, Again, it'll be really interesting to see how all of this plays out, having looked back on it and seeing how integral Monica's character is going to be going forward. Because again, like you said, she really hasn't been that established a character. She was literally in only one other season of television um, in which she was a side character as well. Uh, So, like it, there's not that weight to like oh damn like one of these characters is like stuck and we have to go save them like it does it weird to say but it doesn't feel like a high priority thing to do you know um, yeah no they're just flat out acting like she's dead yeah well yeah <laughs> putting basically. her picture away and yeah they're yeah. like mourning her she's dead yeah um which i i do want to bring up uh really quickly monica actually for a minute sure did you understand her powers? I felt like she was the most um, unexplained, inconsistent uh, <laughs> character with powers. Especially, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, this really stuck out to me. She's outside in space working on something, and she's in a space, like a, an astronaut suit, right? And then they swap powers, and all of a sudden she's out in space on the moon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. But no, she's completely fine in space. So I was like, well, why on earth was she in a astronaut suit if she's fine in space and then i realized oh it's because the writers needed to get kamala in that space suit and that's literally the only reason why they had her in an astronaut suit and i thought that was so stupid (laughs) and then and then there's a line at the end of the movie where she's talking to captain marvel and she's like oh i've done stuff today that i've never done before and i was like yeah you're telling me i don't know how you're doing any of this stuff like you're going invisible you're doing this you're doing that like you're just suddenly flying because of black girl magic yelling at you like like she's just doing all this stuff yeah well and like at the end of the movie too she's just completely out of a spacesuit and like in space in going to other like multiverses and everything right like yes yeah it's maybe it's more of a like um ppe type thing like you work for sword like you got to put your ppe on (laughs) when you're going out there regardless of power regardless (laughs) you know maybe that maybe that's in the contract i don't know um yeah that's definitely a glaringly obvious thing um also just kind of talking briefly uh or like connecting back briefly to our talk of cameos and whatnot it feels like the valkyrie thing was supposed to be again one of those big like audience cheer moments but it just kind of fell completely flat in my theater it was like very quiet and it was like it also felt very weird like just seeing especially if you're not as familiar with valkyrie like seeing this random lady in a suit show up in the middle of space (laughs) and then it's like okay um yeah that was a very weird moment it felt like and also a very easily like uh tie up a loose end of like okay what are we gonna do with all these scrolls now right like yeah also if that was a weird moment if you're doing refugees for scrolls, couldn't you offer that to Dabar as well? You know, like, hey, uh, your planet's dying. Sorry about that. Uh, but hey, do you want to come? 
<laughs> like we have a we we can we can help you out. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, <laughs> lots of problems. One of those things you just kind of have to buy into the fantasy of it all, of course. Yeah. And it's fun. Or, it is or fun. if you if you can't, then hey, that's all right. Yeah, um, for sure. On to the next one, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it for this one. Uh, it's a very messy film, um, mm. but one, and I mean, especially considering the amount of divisiveness, it actually is something I'm eager to go back and watch to see how how it ages for me in terms of yeah how much I like it. Right, like I feel like I'm probably not going to get nearly the the amount of fun I got out of it the first time. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, that's where we'll wrap it up for this episode of the No Score Review Show. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. Please let us know your thoughts on the movie down in the comments below, or you can tag us on the socials. Um, and Zach also did his own review. Uh, so he might have touched on stuff that we didn't in this video. So uh, be sure to go check that out. I'll probably try and tag it at the end of this video or put it in the description. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to the show again. Where can the people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really enjoy coming on and uh, it was great to do this again. And you can find me at Zach Milne Talks Movies on YouTube. Uh, just type in Zach Milne Talks Movies and you'll find it there. And I'm also on Twitter or X. Now you know what? It's Twitter. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not confiding to uh, Elon Musk's rules. Twitter uh, at Mill Movies, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, TikTok, all the socials that you need to or that are required to do this thing on YouTube. So you right. can just find me anywhere. <laughs> Type in Mill Movies, and I'm sure uh, Zach will pop up. I'll pop up. You know, just look for this face. You know. <laughs> and then, uh, do you have any uh, recommendations? I'm trying to bring this little micro segment back uh anything yes. you've been reading playing watching so this is a movie that came out this weekend as well that i honestly was not a, i was aware of it but i did not know that it was coming to netflix and i feel like because it's on netflix it's gonna get forgotten the killer Hell david fincher's yeah. the killer i just finished watching it this morning Fantastic. Um, really enjoyed it it's bleak it's disturbing but it's got some great dialogue some great performances and uh yeah some pretty brutal action but some fun action sequences as well don't go in expecting like a action shoot 'em up type assassin movie no it's very cerebral it's yeah. uh like david fincher so i think you'll probably kind of know what you're getting into um it's kind of repetitive a little bit it has this kind of like repetitive feel to it as you go along some of it but... yeah i found it i found it very creative throughout i think it mm -hmm. explored the side of like the assassin world that we don't usually get to i think we usually yeah. kind of at least in the western like more popular uh hollywood cinema we see regarding this genre it's way more like shoot 'em up like hand-to-hand -hand combat it feels way yeah. more methodical and clinical which is it's really very cool immersive to too yeah yeah um no, I, I really liked that. Funnily enough, uh, Netflix was not the way I was able to see it because I just don't have a subscription to that anymore and instead had to go to the theater. I wanted to go see it in, in theaters, but oh, got so to it see it on the big screen. Theaters. Yeah, yeah nice, lim man. limited screenings, but yeah. Okay, it is getting fair enough. I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I definitely recommend that one as well. Um, cool. Uh, you can find me wherever you're listening to or watching this episode of the No Score Review Show. I recently did a recap on the Vancouver International Film Festival uh, with a couple of my friends who also went. It was my first time going. Um, 
it's kind of like the antithesis of subject matter to like MCU uh, popcorn movie type things. Um, so if you want to learn about uh, some new movies that came out this year that are like smaller, uh, just kind of more in the vein of like just serious dramas, character pieces, really out there cinema, go check that out. Um, I also did a couple reviews uh <laughs> weird to mention them in the same uh sentence but for killers of the flower moon and five nights at freddy's uh so there's a real dichotomy of uh genres going on there there's um, a double feature <laughs> double feature that's your saturday <laughs> sorted um yeah uh go check out those those are my most recent um i will also be hopefully getting i mean i say hopefully I will also be doing a review with Zach on Loki season two. Uh, so be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Um, that kind of the season two kind of wrapped up the same uh, day as the Marvel's coming out. Um, so there we're getting a good little push of Marvel content for the end of the year. This is also actually the last Marvel thing because Echo got pushed. Um, January. Last Marvel yep. thing for this year. So uh, yeah. Go check those things out. Otherwise, you can find me on all the socials and on Letterboxd at NoScore or at NoScore Reviews. Zach, thank you once more for joining me this episode. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. We'll see you in the next review. Bye-bye.